The word of the Lord that we consider together this morning is the first and last reading of our second scripture reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 13. What is God like? Think of the answers that you would get if you asked a group of people that question. What is God like? Some will say that God is wise and powerful, the almighty creator. Some will say that God is loving and caring. Others might wonder if God is real. Some might look at the events in our world and wonder where God is or what kind of God he is. What if someone asked you for proof that God is wise and loving and caring? What would you tell them? How about this? That God is one God in three persons of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all of them equally eternal and almighty and holy. Or do you think that would be confusing? Because how can one God be three persons, and how can there be three persons and yet only one God? Who can understand that? God doesn't ask us to understand it. We can't. God is far greater and more glorious than we can begin to fully grasp. Three interlocking circles on a banner or a triangle on the pyramid can picture it for us, but they certainly don't explain it. God tells us that he is one God in three persons, not to mystify us, but so that we can marvel at who he is and what he does for us. God is giving us this detailed, personal description of himself because he wants to give us the riches and the gifts of his very self. The God who is far greater than we are and who is exactly the God whom we need. Our need for God is obvious from the encouragements that are found in the first verse of today's reading. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. As God's children with our sins forgiven and heaven waiting for us, don't we have every reason to rejoice always? then why do we sometimes complain and wish our lives were different? Why do we at times perhaps come reluctantly to God's house instead of with enthusiastic joy that God is inviting us undeserving sinners into his presence? The encouragement continues, strive for full restoration. You and I need to be restored to what God created us for. He created us to love and serve him. He calls us to order our lives around those things that matter for eternity and to willingly and selflessly serve others. Do we always make those things our 
priority and strive for that full restoration. God continues, encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace. As we look back at this past week, do we see each of our words and our actions working toward peace with others? Or do we see some impatient responses or quick judgment calls about the actions of others or times that our thoughts of what we wanted for ourselves were all that mattered? And then the reading goes on. And the God of peace, and the God of love and peace, will be with you. Will God come with love and peace when we so often fail to love him and live at peace with others? We know that we deserve his anger and his punishment. Will God walk away from us and leave us in that hopelessness that we deserve? No, God in his grace comes near. And he makes himself known to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to bless us with the gifts of his undeserved love. God tells us that in these words, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. God proclaims his saving love in a most personal way as each person of the triune God blesses us. First, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace is a gift. In this case, it is the gift that we need more than anything else. Jesus not only gives this gift, he actually is the gift. Someone has defined grace like this. G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. The Son of God was eternally rich, yet he gave everything up as he came for us. He spent everything with a perfect, humble life of obedience to God's will. He did that for us. And then as he poured out even his lifeblood to purify us from all sin. He redeemed us. He paid that price that sets us free so that we may be his own. He rose from death to announce the peace of sins forgiven. Each and every sin that you and I have done has been removed from the record of our lives. Each of our sins that that have discouraged others, or each of the times that we put our way above God's will, God has removed them from the record of your life. God says he couldn't even find them anymore if he went looking for them. Now that's grace, a gift of undeserved love from Jesus, the Son of God. And the names of our Savior proclaim that too, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is Lord, the one to whom we belong because he paid the price to set us free. The one who has all power and who directs all things to keep us close to him in faith. 
His name is Jesus, the name that means he will save his people from their sins. And he is Christ, God's chosen servant. He was the only one the Heavenly Father could choose. Because as true God and truly human, he alone could live without sin and then offer his life as the payment for the sins of all. That is grace, the gift of our Lord Jesus Christ. How can you know that you are right with God? Only by grace, the gift of what Jesus Christ has given for you. How can you know that God will welcome you into heaven when you die? Not by your own works. It is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Jesus, the Son of God, blesses you with the gift of grace. We move to the next person of the triune God, the love of God. Your heavenly Father loves you. This is not a love that just overlooks or celebrates anything and everything. This is a love that saw a world of sinners in a great need and gave up everything to meet that need for us. In the book of Jeremiah, God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Jesus' disciple John wrote, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And what is the evidence of God's love? Well, God created you and all that exists. God chose to give you life. He made you a unique individual with your gender, your body and your soul, your mind and your talents and all of your abilities. God has sustained you to this very moment by providing what you need and often much more than that. God tells us that he does this for one reason, so that we might know him and know his plan for our time here and his plan for our eternity. God, in his power and in his wisdom, has directed your life so that you might know him as the one who has loved you from eternity and wants to save you. And God the Father left none of that to chance. He chose you in Christ to be his own. He placed your salvation into the hands of his own Son, whom he sent to this world. And that is the greatest evidence of the Heavenly Father's love. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. Gave his own Son. A father gave his own Son over to the suffering and the death of the cross. How much he must love us. Even though he knew that we are unworthy of such love. Why does God the Father love like that? Not because of us, but because of him. God is love, the Bible says. And he extends to us love so undeserved. 
so complete, so unconditional. Jesus, the Son of God, blesses you with the gift of his grace, and God the Father blesses you with the gift of his steadfast, saving love. God the Father not only sent his Son, he sends the Holy Spirit, which brings us to the third gift of the triune God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Fellowship is a close personal relationship, a participation and sharing in the gifts of peace and mercy and new life and a new way of living. You and I are not able to bring ourselves into this relationship of close fellowship with our God. That is because we begin life spiritually dead in our sins. The Holy Spirit must create faith and strengthen it, which he does through God's grace and his word in baptism and in Holy Communion. As the Holy Spirit creates faith, he brings you to Christ who shares with you the Father's love so that you have fellowship with the triune God. The Holy Spirit also blesses us with fellowship with fellow believers. As we share together God's gifts of his word and forgiveness and worship and works of service that glorify him and encourage others, the Holy Spirit blesses you with the gift of fellowship. So what is God like? God is one God in three persons of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And this is not some dry, obscure point of Bible trivia. This is the true God in whom there is real life. God gives us this personal description of who he is and what he has done and still does and always will do for you. He personally comes to you in your baptism, placing his saving name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit upon you. In these words of blessing, God continues to place his name upon you. And God gives the very blessings that he promises and proclaims here. The blessings of grace and love and fellowship are right with you, empowering you to live for him and in him, so that by God's grace you rejoice and strive for full restoration and live at peace with others and be of one mind and encourage one another. And the God of love and peace will be with you. God makes the promise this way. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Even better to say, praise Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because the triune God 
blesses you and blesses you and blesses you. Amen.